This morning we began a series called Beyond Control. And a lot of the things that are happening around us, coronavirus and uh, the weather, the way it acts, and sometimes things in your job don't work out all right, your family history, you didn't choose it, <laughs> right? Life sometimes seems as if it is beyond control. But the question is, can you take control of some things in your life, right? So tonight, I mean, not tonight, it's this afternoon. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep already. <laughs> it must be a long day. But uh, uh, this afternoon, I, I want to look at this particular concept of beyond control and help you to see that while things might seem as if they are beyond your control, Sister Aerith, there is some kind of control that you can have over your life. Amen. So if you would, kindly stand with me for the reading of uh, the scripture. In fact, I'm going to read from the very same passage I read from this morning. Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 22. I didn't touch the whole passage, you know, but Genesis 9, 22. Welcome, Rachel, you know, welcome to Jakarta Central Church. Please join me and, and stand and read that passage. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 22. Please be so kind to join me in standing. Hear this carefully. The word of God says, And Ham, and Ham, not Ham, Ham, but Ham, the father of Canaan, check this, saw. His eyes saw the nakedness of his father. And told his brothers, his two brethren outside. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and the nakedness the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward and they saw not listen to this they saw not the nakedness of their father and Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him how did he know how did he know? That's my question. Verse 25, and he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah, listen to this, Noah lived after the flood, 350 years. All days of Noah were 950 years and he died. Canaan was cursed. Shem and Japheth were blessed. One enjoyed a generational curse. The other one enjoyed a generational blessing. The question is, what are you going to choose? So I want to speak on the subject, take your pick. Take your pick. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. May this moment be truly used to glorify your name. In the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You've been so kind to me. So allow me to let you sit. Take your pick. You see... These two brothers, these three brothers, 
Ham, Shem, and Japheth, they took their pick. Japheth and Shem were blessed. And I say they had a river streaming over generational blessings. Ham was cursed, but he wasn't cursed. It was his son who was cursed. He did the wrong thing, but it was his son who got the brunt of the punishment. It made me wonder about the justice of God. Can you imagine you do something wrong, but yet your brother suffers for what you did wrong? Or, I remember one time I was arguing with my brother over the remote in uh, uh, what, what are we going to watch. I don't know if you guys ever argued about the remote in your house, but I argued over the remote with my brother. I said, bro, I want to watch football. He's like, no, I want to watch Nickelodeon. And I, I want to watch that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, bro, I want to watch ESPN, Nickelodeon. So we are fighting. And because of the fight, we had a screen door at my house. And it was a screen like half of the door was a screen so you can see inside and outside but then there was like the rest of it was a metal piece and so out of anger i kicked the door and it put a dent in the in the metal part of the screen door my father comes home he notices the dent in the door and then he called us and he's like hey who did this i'm like not me and my brother got the beating for it i see in this story that Ham made the mistake, but his son was the one who was cursed. But I want you to see that we have two sets of brothers. We have Ham, the one who has a generational curse that is pronounced upon him. And then we have Japheth and Shem. They have what I call a river of generational blessings. But allow me and follow me closely for you to understand where I'm going with what I'm telling you right here, right now. A generational curse. Listen carefully. A generational curse is a curse that runs the course of generations based upon, come on now, based upon rebellion against God. It is because people choose to do their own thing that people are cursed generationally. It is because people say, I will follow my own ways, I will live my own life, that they are cursed generationally. For example, a father might choose to start gambling. Are you understand what I'm saying? He might choose to start gambling. As a result, he plants a seed that appears in his son who gambles. <laughs> his grandson then also gambles. And so you have what I call a gamut. You have what I call a cycle. You have what I call a circle of these generational curses. Because somebody chose to go against God. God, my brother and my sister, let me put it to you right here. Your choices have an impact on the next generation. Follow me closely. It's it's not just a little gambling. It's not just a little wine. It's not just a little alcohol. It's not just a little smoking. That thing that you are doing has an impact on the next generation. And some of you, under the sound of my voice, are suffering because of the consequences, because of the choices that your previous generation made. And so don't fault yourself when somehow you seem to have a particular bent to something. You have a a particular struggle in something because somebody somewhere decided to do what was wrong against God. And because of that, you are bearing the brunt of that situation. I am not sure of your family history.
right? But maybe your family history is riddled with things like divorce and incest and pornography and maybe always dating the wrong person or failed relationships. Uh, you are dealing with a generational curse. <laughs> You have an issue that you need to correct. And, and the thing is, I talked about it this morning, so I'm not going to go into that. You have to go on YouTube to catch the sermon. But I simply said that sin is the root of a generational curse. But I'm not getting into that this afternoon. But I just want to tell you, my brother and my sister, that you are not an island. Even as introverted as some of you are. How many introverts are here? Introvert meaning you are into yourself introvert means inside turning to oneself so an introverted person is one who is focused on themselves they don't like talking to people they like to so, summer no it's not about being selfish it's about personality uh-huh i like this brother he likes to ask questions hey be curious brother you can learn a lot <laughs> guys like him are guys who invent stuff you understand what i'm saying because it is the curious guys who ask the why question that figure out, okay, that's how it works. And therefore, this is what I need to do. You understand what I'm saying? And so my brother and my sister, hear me carefully that you are not an island. My mother always tells me, Henry, remember wherever you go, you are not an island. There are people that you need to be connected to. There are people that you need to serve. And so my mother always calls me, Henry, are you serving your people in Indonesia? Are you doing right by them? Are you doing the right thing? And so sometimes she has to, to reprimand me and I say, Lord, I, I need to be a better, better pastor. But allow me to tell you, my brother and my sister, that generational curses come because of choices. They stem from choices. The choices we make is the, is the reason why generational curses came. This young brother, Ham, he made a choice to look at his father. The Bible says, and Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. Now, I don't know how you look at this, but for me, I was thinking about this. I said, this man is laid out drunk. <laughs> My, the brother was in his birthday suit. You know what I mean? He right there, you know, woohoo, you know, he was laid out. But the Bible says the moment he woke up, he knew what his son had done to him. And I asked myself. How did he find out? Perhaps because he slept naked and he, he, he knew that he was naked. And then he wakes up and he realizes that there's a blanket on him because his sons covered him. He says, wait a minute, somebody covered me. And so he went to Shem and Japheth and he said, hey Shem and Japheth, what, what happened to me? Maybe they told him. But I think there's a bigger reason here. I think that Noah knew what had happened to him because Noah was a prophet of God. Noah was a man who was so connected to God. Yes, he made a mistake. Oh, now let me preach for, for, for a moment right there. You see, sometimes even those who, con who are connected to God can make mistakes. Are you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes even the pastor can fall asleep and get drunk and be naked. I'm not saying that that's what I do. I don't get drunk. But I'm saying, I'm saying that anybody can make a mistake. Even a man of God. But it doesn't matter the mistake you have made. But when the connection with God is restored, God shows you what you did wrong. And possibly he opened your eyes to those who have done you wrong. And so this man called Noah, he realizes that, oh my goodness, my son has offended me. It is not my older son. It is not my second son. It is my younger son. So he found out what his father, what his son 
had done to him. Because you see, the fact that Ham saw the nakedness of his father, he violated his humanity. He, he took away his dignity. You see, for me, it was okay for Ham to, to look at his father's name. No, it wasn't okay. Forget that. It wasn't okay. But you know how it is. Maybe he was just walking, right? Elder Ray, he was just walking, and he wanted to talk to his father about something. He goes to the tent. He says, oh, daddy's naked. He would have closed the tent or maybe put a cover on him and then walked away, right? Never said nothing about it. But you know what Ham did? Ham said, mm, 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 I got a story to tell. You know how it is sometimes, right? We find out something and we say, I've got a story to tell. So he says, I've got a story to tell. And then he goes to his brothers and he says, hey, Shem, Japheth, I'm breaking news right here. Let me tell you what I saw. I saw daddy bad naked. Let me tell you what I saw. And so Noah finds out what his son had done because he had violated his humanity. Had Ham not said anything about this, it was going to be okay. In fact, this story wouldn't be here. But because he told the situation, he violated his nakedness. And I, I want you to see what the story is really trying to point out. That nakedness is something sacred. None of you just reveal yourself like that. Are you understand what I'm saying? None of you just reveal your nakedness like that unless it's a doctor. Unless it is your husband or your wife, those who we are married, amen. 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 <laughs> amen. <laughs> you shouldn't be getting naked if it ain't your husband or your doctor. You understand what I'm saying? But <laughs> I just got to put that out there. <laughs> but this brother found out. And check it. It says, and Noah awoke from his wine. At some point, the wine has to wear off. So he found out and that his son had, had violated him, taken away his dignity. You know, I remember back in college, not, I keep saying college, go back to high school. I used to play football and uh, one of the things we had to do playing football is uh, we had to go through a physical examination. A physical examination. Get what I'm saying? <laughs> physical examination of everything physical on you. <laughs> So one of the physical examinations is that they had to check, you know, down there, you know, make sure that everything was, was right. And normally it was, a, it was a male doctor who would come and do this. But one day I walk into the examination room and it's a female doctor. And I said, I started feeling nervous about the situation, but I understood something. She was professional about it. She just said to me, I'm here to do the exam. It'll be quick, you know, do your thing. And then she said, drop them. And she did her thing and I finished. Because I knew that she was a, a professional and she was going to take care of the situation. She was not going to go and tell the whole world that uh, I saw these football players. You know what I mean? She wasn't going to do that. And so, but Ham offends his father. In fact, by, by, by seeing his nakedness, it, it really shows that he was a perverted young man. And in fact, when you study the history of Ham, you discover that this, this brother Ham sets the course for the, for, the, for the sins of the Canaanites. The Canaanites, they love to do incest. They love to do, uh, to do bestiality. They love to do homosexuality. Because it is this situation. Because nakedness in the Bible has to do with a sexual sin. And so, and, uh, you know when I thought about this story, I started to think about a lot. Remember Lot? Lot, the... You know, the brother who was taken out of Sodom, right? You don't remember the story? I'm going to teach you that sometime, okay? 
We're going to do Bible study next week. Next week. We're going to start Bible study next week. But Lot got out of the city with his two daughters. Do you know what his two daughters did to him? They got him drunk and they slept with him. Are you understand know what I'm saying? I want you to understand what is happening in this story. Uh, some have suggested that Ham just didn't see the negatives of his father. In fact, he abused them sexually. And so when Ham, when Noah wakes up, he begins to see that I have been violated. Everything about me has been taken away. You see, what Ham did was a very serious offense. He, he took away the dignity of his father. And I, I want to talk to somebody. I don't know who this is for, but perhaps you, like Noah, your dignity has been taken away. Somebody has violated you. It maybe have happened at work. Maybe in your house you have been violated. And I want you to see that even a man of God like this can be violated. But the good news is that even though you have been violated, there is hope. God can do something for you. God can change the situation. And that is why Noah found out what had happened. My brother, my sister, for me, it tells me that God was going to punish Ham. God was going to stand up for, uh, for, for, for Noah. And God will do that for you. You're going to find out what wrong has been done to you. God is going to stand up for you because that's the God we serve. Can somebody say amen? So Noah was violated and when he realized what had happened to him it was a shock I want you to get this thought God never allows his children to sin successfully God never allows his children to sin successfully you will not get away with it you see Ham couldn't get away with it in fact Noah couldn't get away with it because we are reading about him right here so my brother and my sister God loves you so much that he will not allow you to sin successfully sometimes you are thinking about doing something wrong am I am I speaking to somebody you you have put it in your mind that today I'm gonna do it but then somebody comes and asks you a question hey are you gonna do that and it stops you in your tracks. You know you shouldn't be eating that martabak. It's not good for your health. And you're about to order <laughs> that martabak. <laughs> not, not eating it too much anyway. Right? <laughs> not eating it too much anyway. Get my point, right? A martabak is nice, right? But I don't think you can make it your, your, your everyday meal. You understand what I mean? But perhaps God has been speaking to you. No, I'm not being serious. God has spoken to you that this way of dieting is not good for you. It is not right. Do you understand what I'm saying? But then you have put it in your mind that, you know, man, I want, it's a cheat day today. I just want to do my thing. And then Pastor Henry comes and he's, he preaches a sermon about dieting. He says, ah, Lord, ah, come on. Ah. Why did he have to tell, to tell me that? Because God doesn't allow you to sin successfully. He loves you that much. Amen? But I, I want you to tell you about the choice, the choices of a father. You see, Noah made a choice. Hear me carefully. He made a choice. He made a choice to get drunk. He made a choice to get drunk. And because of the choice to get drunk, he made his son see his nakedness. So Noah is not a saint in this story. Because if Noah didn't get drunk, Ham wouldn't have seen his nakedness. Are you following what I'm saying? But you know what? What I am so, I'm so angry about when I read this story is that how does Ham do the thing that is wrong, but his son Canaan gets the brunt of 
the, the punishment. He, he doesn't get cursed by looking at his father. It is his son who gets cursed by looking at his father. And so when I was thinking about this, I said to myself, man, God is unjust. You know, and then I read around and I looked at commentaries. And then some of them said to me, as I was reading, they said, the reason why Canaan was cursed is because the Bible highlights that Canaan was uh, corrupt. It highlights the fact that Canaan becomes this, this enemy of Israel. And so Moses is trying to kind of like before we get to the, the whole land of Canaan story, he's trying to tell us, hey, these guys are wicked. I get that. And that makes sense in the context of the Bible. It makes sense. But I still couldn't answer that. Why does he have to suffer for the sins of his father? Why does he have to suffer for that? So it made me realize this. That yes, sin choices we make are really that bad because they're going to influence the people around us that bad and so my brother and my sister and I want to talk to the fathers right here you need to be careful that the things that you are doing are really going to have an impact on those who are going to come behind you you are not an island you are not alone you live your life for others and it is amazing to me that because of choices of fathers families have been affected Whole races have been affected. And churches and nations have been affected. I think about my own race, the black people. How come they became slaves? In fact, people use this passage to say that, wait a minute, the Canaanites were cursed and therefore black people should be slaves. And they have used this text to support that. But it tells me that yes, it is true that the, the sins of the fathers, the choices of the fathers indeed do impact those around me, uh, around us. I want to put it to you like this. You see, God is a generational God. Because history for God is a generation. God operates from one generation to the next generation. In fact, you and me, we are the generation that came after Adam and Eve. We are, we are their descendants. And so God is like that. And so he wants you to understand that human beings are connected. Human beings matter. Human beings are a team. And so because they're a team, I have to treat them as a team. So, parents, please, please, please be careful of the choices you're making. Because you can totally alter the lives of your descendants. Don't you want to leave a good legacy? Hmm? Don't you want to leave a good legacy for your kids? And I'm not just talking to parents. Because they already have kids. But I'm talking about those who are thinking about being parents. Those of you who will be parents one day, don't you want to leave a good legacy? And that legacy begins at this particular moment. What are you doing in your life to ensure that you are leaving a good legacy for your kids? What are you doing? Are you putting in the effort to make sure that your kids know God? Are you putting in the effort to make sure that you take your kids to church? Are you putting in the effort to pray for them? Are you putting in the effort to discipline them, to let them know that, look, right is right and wrong is wrong. Are you doing enough to ensure that the future of your descendants is safe? Or do you leave it to the school to take care of that? Do you leave it to the church to take care of that? My brother, my sister, the choices of fathers is very important. But here I want to talk about the choice of descendants. Because you see, yes, the father 
Noah made a mistake. Yes, the father Ham made a mistake, but the descendants also made choices. So allow me to put it to you uh, like this. Noah says, cursed be Canaan. He cursed Canaan. But in reality, it was a prayer from Noah. I don't want you to miss that. Follow me closely. Noah prayed that Canaan would be cursed. He didn't say, I want him to be cursed. You know the difference? A prayer is a wish. A declaration is a, is a, a reality. Mm. I don't know if, I, if I'm, I'm getting you, right? But I want you to follow what I'm saying. When, when you say to somebody, may you help me order the gojek, you are expressing a wish. But when you say, order the gojek, you are demanding that the person orders you a gojek. Are we together? Noah didn't say, cursed be Canaan. No. He said, may Canaan be cursed. Now, I want you to see that I said to you that for me, Noah is a prophet. The reason why he found out that his son saw his nakedness is because he was a prophet. And so, and this man, Noah, is looking in the future. And he can see that this Canaan generation is going to be like Ham. This Canaan generation is going to have a desire to look on others' nakedness. They're going to they're gonna be perverted. And so, he could see the future. He could see what was going to happen. But hear me, my brother and my sister. Do not miss that this is now powerful. Who was Rahab? Rahab was a Canaanite. Are you following what I'm saying? And Rahab, when the people are coming to the city of Jericho, what did Rahab do? She chose to take in the spies. And because she chose to take in the spies, she was accepted as, a, as an Israelite. <laughs> Hey, you're not getting it yet, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you in a moment. And because of her choice to help the Israelites, she is in the genealogy of Jesus. So he tells me that a, a descendant may have a, a quote-unquote a generational curse on them, but they can choose to react differently. And because they choose to react differently, their destiny is going to be different. <laughs> So I don't care the family background. I don't care the situation in which you are in. What I care about is the choices you make. That you can control. Yes, it is beyond your control, your family history. It is beyond your control, the company in which you are in, quote unquote. But your choice, you have a say in the matter. You have a choice to choose to be different. Oof. Somebody is not hearing me because I don't think that uh, <laughs> I'm preaching. I don't know if I'm preaching to you. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Ham chose to see and tell. Japheth and Shem heard and hid. So you have a choice. Are you going <laughs> to see and tell? Or are you going to choose to hide to hear and, and hid? The choices you make are going to determine your history. And so let me come closer to you right now. So you see that maybe your grandfather struggled with debt. And your father, your father and mother are also struggling with debt. And you are on the cusp of debt. What matters is how you choose to react. You see, for me, when I look at Ham, Ham is a man who is taken by the situation. He sees that his, his daddy is naked. And so what he does is he, he says, oh, this is exciting. I want to talk about it. I want to tell it. 
He was taken by the situation. As some of us, when something happens, we, <laughs> forgive me, we overreact. <laughs> we don't react the right way. Instead of thinking about it, we open our mouths sometimes. And therefore, we make mistakes. But I love the two brothers. They say, ah, we, we shouldn't talk about this. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do this. Therefore, let's go and cover our father. So don't react the same way as your parents did. Don't react the same way as your forefathers did. And so if it is debt and, and maybe to cover their debt, they maybe went and got another loan. Maybe that's not the way to do it. Maybe you need to think, what is a better strategy for me to deal with this debt? And therefore, when you think about the strategy to deal with the debt, then you can actually change the course of your family history. But many of us, we follow the footsteps of our fathers. You know, if my daddy beat, beat me, I'm going to beat my kids. Mm-hmm. Ain't that right? <laughs> my daddy was hard on me. He made me study hard. He made me wake up. He gave me chores. So I'm going to do that to my kids. And so we don't change. We don't think about the situation. We act and react according to our forefathers. But if we want to change the situation, the choice we have is that we can choose to act differently. We can choose to deal with our situations a little bit differently. And that will make all the difference. I love what the brothers did. I really love what they did. Instead of reacting, overreacting, they went and they covered their father. They took a garment. They put clothes on them. They went backward and they made sure they were careful in the situation. Allow me to put it to you like this. When you want to deal with those situations in your life, deal with them carefully. Step by step, think through it, handle it accordingly, and handle it appropriately. And so my brother, my sister, when you do that, you are going to break the curse, whatever it is. And I'm here to tell you that you can break it. Your life is not defined by your family history. Your life is defined by the choices you make. Hallelujah. Your amens don't convince me, but that's fine. You see, the nail in the coffin of generational curses is choosing a different route than the previous generation. Put the nail on that coffin. Change it. Make it different. Be different. Allow your generation to be different. Amen? Amen. Put the nail on it. Bury it. Put it in the ground. Put it in the cemetery and say, don't rest in peace. Hallelujah. Put it out. Let's change it. Let's be different, my brother, my sister. We have the choice in our hands. So what if in your family there's obesity? Change that. Start exercising. Choose. Yeah, hallelujah. So what if there is death in your family? Change that. So what if there's divorce in your family? Change that. So what? So what? So what? You have to do something about it. Put a nail on it. Put a nail on it. You see, generational curses shape generations with a specific reputation this is i want you to understand this because you see the generation of the canaanites they were shaped as people that were depraved you know what depravity is to be depraved is to be nasty in your thinking and in your actions. Anything, oh man, I, I, don't, I don't even know how I can, I, I, I can put that. But when you look at the, the life of the Canaanites, they did incest, the homosexuality, anything you name it. They were the kind of people who would even sacrifice their own kids because of the choice of this man called Ham. See, 
You have the power to shape lives and change lives. You have that power. So what is the legacy going to be? What is the reputation going to be? What is your family going to be known for? You have that choice today. You have that choice today. You see, uh, that situation, look, look at what, what, what Noah says. He says, these guys, he says to the Canaanites, he says, a servant of servant you shall be. He says, you're going to be the lowest of slaves. That was the reputation of Canaan, of the Canaanites. They were slaves, always serving other people. And in fact, it is repeated three times. It says, and may God bless Shem, but may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, but may Canaan be his servant. And so he, was a, he, was, he had a reputation of, 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 of servitude. And don't you want your reputation to be different? Your future generations, your reputation to be different? It's like God is saying, I mean, Noah is saying, they, they, they canonize, they're always going to be maids. They'll never be bosses. They'll never own a car. They'll never own, they'll always be maids. That's what Noah is saying. Can you imagine that? All because of the choices that they made. But once again, I want to remind you that Noah wasn't talking about individuals. He was talking about the whole nation as a race of people. But my brother and my sister, the choices we make, yeah affect the people around us for the better. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the negatives of his father and told his two brothers without. He told them, he told them, he told them, you see the name Ham, I mean Ham defines the reputation of the Canaanites. The Canaanites came from Ham and Ham was a man who loved to look at people's nakedness and because of that, his people also loved to look at nakedness and because they liked to look at nakedness, they were servants. What a sad story. What a sad story. I could talk about my own life. But I ain't going to do that. But what I want to tell you is that God can break those curses. But just as generational curses begin from choices, generational blessings also begin from choices. <laughs> See, right there, you're supposed to say amen. So I'm going to say amen for you. See, I'm, I'm giving you the gospel, but you're quiet. And I'm like, hmm, is the gospel really hitting them? Generational blessings stem from choices. As you choose to be cursed, you can choose to be blessed. And so my brother and my sister, once again, I want to tell you that the blessings come from the choices you make. But here is something important you need to understand. You see, God, Noah says, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Notice what the text is saying. It doesn't say... May Shem be blessed. No. God, Noah is saying, may the Lord God of Shem be blessed. Can you see where the focus of the blessing is on? The focus of the blessing is on God. It's not on Shem. So the blessing doesn't come from the choices you make. The blessing comes because of choosing the God who gives you the choices. So you didn't get that. So let me put it another way, right? <laughs> I played around with words for you. Here, put, let me put it to you another way. You see, Noah saw that Shem, who was the forefather of Abraham, he would choose the ways of the Lord. And because he would choose the way of the Lord, because of choosing the ways of the Lord, he would be blessed. Don't miss that. So our choice to choose God, it it starts the spring of the blessing. 
And when you choose God, it starts that spring of a blessing. And that's if, if you know anything about springs, is that springs start off in a mountain somewhere. They're very small, right? Very, very small. But as they trickle down with a gravitational pull, the gravitational force, they become rivers. We call them Amazon and the Nile River and these great, great rivers. But it always starts from a specific source. So my brother and my sister, I'm here to tell you that God can give you a stream, a river of blessings if he is the center of your life. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It's all right. I'm going to continue preaching. And then Noah says, God shall enlarge Japheth. God shall enlarge Japheth and, and shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Go back. I want to go back. You see, he says, be, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Then he says, in the next text, he says, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. The, the blessings was dependent on Shem. Japheth was blessed because his brother was blessed. You don't understand what I'm saying. My brother and my sister, if you are blessed, others will be blessed. <laughs> That's the power you have. Just like you can infect people with curses, you can infect people with blessings. Hallelujah. You can be a channel of blessing to somebody. And that's what God, Noah, envisioned. He says, this brother Shem is going to be a blessing to himself, but he's going to be a blessing to those around him. Many of us, we live our lives, we don't bless nobody. Who has been blessed because of you? Hmm? Have your co-workers been blessed because of you? Hmm? Is your family blessed because of you? Hmm? Well, some of us are curses in our families. We are the person people don't want to invite us to the party. We are the person that is giving a headache to our parents. Not blessings. But you can choose to be a blessing. Your mommy and daddy can be like, oh man, my son. Can you imagine what Noah felt when he realized that his two sons covered his nakedness? Can, can you realize what he felt? He said, man, my, my sons love me. They were not willing for me to burn in the way. <laughs> They were not willing for me to suffer pain. They showed me love. Because love covers a multitude of sins. And that's a blessing. That's how you can bless somebody. Maybe they've made a mistake. But you don't have to tell somebody about that. You can bless them by saying, you know what, I'm going to keep it between you and I. It's not going to go on the newspaper. You can choose to be a blessing by saying, you know what, I'm going to start being the best son and the best daughter. I'm going to put in my time. I'm going to bless my parents. I'm going to do my part to be a blessing. I'm not going to be a cursing. I'm going to choose that my, my co-workers understand that I'm a blessing. I'm going to choose to come in and work on time. I'm going to choose to put in my time in the group work. I'm going to choose. I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to be a blessing. Because God has blessed me. 
And when your life is centered in God and he's the center of it all, that's what you should be. And God told Abraham, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God wants us to be channels of blessing. Because you know why? God doesn't bless us by bringing his hand from heaven. God blesses people through people. God sends money to you through a person. God brings a message of God through a preacher. God blesses you through inspiration in song. God blesses your parents and, and they give you life. God blesses people through people. And so what are you going to do today? Today, right now. Are you going to choose to say I'm going to be a blessing or I'm going to be a curse? I preach to you and I tell you, please, 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 please choose to be a blessing. You pick a life of blessing or curses. Pick wisely. The choice is up to you. Pastor, I want to choose blessings. Anybody? Father, I want my life to be a blessing. Now, I'm going to challenge you right here. I'm just going to get very specific. There is some specific blessing you need to provide this week. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need to provide a specific blessing to somebody this week. Some of you, you need to help your co-worker with that assignment. Do it. I know it might be out of your time and that kind of stuff, but just be a blessing. Don't complain. Do something. Some of you need to call your parents, tell them you love them. That's a blessing enough. Parents often wonder, do my kids even love me? They just want to hear your voice. Call them up. Be a blessing. Pray for somebody. Give somebody money. Whatever it is, but I want you to be a blessing in a specific way. That's my challenge. Anybody would like to accept the challenge? Yeah. Curses and all that may be beyond your control, but the choices you make, that's under your control. Amen.